0: The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the sixth chapter. King Herod heard of the healings, for Jesus' name had become known. Some said, John the Baptist has been raised from the dead. That is why these miraculous powers are at work in him. But others said, he's Elijah. And others said, he's a prophet, like one of the prophets of old. But when Herod heard of it, he said, John, whom I beheaded, has been raised. For it was Herod who had sent and seized John and bound him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, because he had married her. For John had been saying to Herod, It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. And Herodias had a grudge against him, and wanted to put him to death. But she could not, for Herod feared John, knowing that he was a righteous and holy man, and he kept him safe. When he heard him, he was greatly perplexed, and yet he heard him gladly. But an opportunity came when Herod, on his birthday, gave a banquet for his nobles and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee, For when Herodias' daughter came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his guests. And the king said to the girl, Ask me for whatever you wish, and I will give it to you. And he vowed to her, Whatever you ask me, I will give you, up to half of my kingdom. And she went out and said to her mother, For what should I ask? And she said, He went and beheaded him in the prison, and brought his head on a platter, and gave it to the girl, and the girl gave it to her mother. When his disciples heard of it, they came and took his body, and laid it in a tomb. This is the Gospel of the Lord.
1: In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Faithfulness springs up from the ground. Righteousness looks down from the sky. Righteousness will go before him and make his footsteps away. So says the psalm. But wait, there's more. Righteousness and peace have kissed. And that's odd, because they don't usually get along. There's something breathtakingly new going on here today that makes us yearn for more. In your righteousness deliver me, the sweet psalmist said, and John the Baptist, no doubt, too. After all, Jesus had said to him, It is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness us, the two of us, let's do it together. And they did. John poured the water. Jesus received it. And now, today, Jesus pours it back on John, a full baptismal flood as the executioner's footsteps are heard coming down the dungeon steps. John and Jesus together still. For St. Paul said that we are fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him. And John did. We hear today of his beheading, part of God's plan for the fullness of time to bring heaven and earth together, things human and things divine. The epistle gave it to us in the divine triad. Did you hear it? The purpose of his will, the mystery of his will, the counsel of his will in Jesus. You heard the story an event which artists down through the years have loved to portray. What is it about a head on a silver platter that intrigues us so? Salome's sexy little number is certainly a winner with Hollywood, and there's the poignancy of that gotcha moment after the king has sworn on national TV, whatever you ask, I'll give you, Up to half my kingdom. As told, it's the second longest narrative in the Gospel of Mark, surpassed only by the Passion of our Lord. A crucifixion and a beheading, just like Peter and Paul, whose graves are still fresh for Mark's first readers. Here for us is the martyrdom of the man who said the kingdom of God is at hand. The man who felt righteousness flowing in his veins and boldly told it like it is, kept it real, as we said back in my college day. And keeping it real is what landed him in jail until Herod's wife, who was auditioning for the real housewives of Galilee, tells her daughter to have John's head brought in along with the dessert. That's what doing righteousness together with Jesus will get you. And Mark wants his hearers, like you, not to miss the point. Fulfilling righteousness together meant that John would get his head severed from his neck because a drunken king and his cronies couldn't keep their eyes off his gyrating stepdaughter. It meant that the holy, pure, spotless Lamb of God, our beautiful Savior, got bloodied up really bad and nailed to the ignominious, the scandalous, the accursed wood. And that's a new kind of righteousness indeed. That has nothing to do with the old kind that God gave to Moses through angels. That righteousness, that justice, ensured that you'd get restitution if someone did you wrong. It got your lawyer and a day in court. It kept Jew separated from Greek, slave from free, clean from unclean. It said, love your neighbor... But nothing about your enemy, or persecutor, or slanderer, or praying for him. Nothing about the guy with the sword who's just doing what he's told. Nothing about forgiving 70 times 7. That's all Jesus stuff that came packaged with the Incarnation. It's the stuff of the cross, anticipated in John, that forerunner of a whole new creation that was for him at hand. In your righteousness deliver me are the words of John, seeing the rats nipping at his toes as he hears the executioner lumbering down the steps. And of Jesus, as he hangs forsaken for all the world to see, Why, my God, have you forsaken me? Good question. But there was only silence. That great, deafening half-hour of silence echoed again at the opening of the seventh seal. And after the silence after Herodias had received John's head from her daughter, this. His disciples came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. Don't miss that ending. Because a disciple from Arimathea named Joseph would do the same for Jesus. And Mark, and only Mark, says that Joseph took courage to do so, took courage to bury Jesus. For indeed, in Jesus and John together, God is showing the world a whole new kind of living that both requires and enables a newfound courage to step out and tell the truth. Even when telling the truth, is deadly for you. Such courage to take up the body, bury the martyr, with every camera on you, is only possible through Christ's own kiss of peace to you. The Spirit given up and blown into you by his expiring baptismal breath, the same breath that said, Father, forgive them even as he was experiencing from them a migraine called hell. So that it can be said that he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. The spirit who enables you to do some things that at, at once were not even a remote possibility, like bearing one another's burdens and doing good to all, and saying, Jesus is Lord. That's radically new. We come here every Lord's Day and more to have read to us Jesus' last will and testament, have it read, have it sung, have it broken, have it poured and raised to our lips what his holy apostle calls the riches of his grace. John getting blessed by a sword coming down on his neck. We need this story. And the one at the end of Mark's Gospel too about the executioner who when he saw the way in which Jesus died confessed him to be the son of God, truly. You want to spread the faith? You want brutes like executioners to believe? You want guys who put their knees on necks and those who look the other way to come to the knowledge of the truth? You want those who loot and burn and destroy to have malice toward none and charity for all, then a course on martyrdom is the class you need to take. For the blood of the martyrs is the seed. They are the first fruits, the apocalypse says, and the offering of the first fruits frees up the rest of the crop to be afraid of nothing. Holy John, has freed you to live in a way that is not humanly possible. The way of Jesus in the world. In the world, and here, in you. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.